you know what time it is? You know what time the game starts? Time for more football reaction. Time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off. Then- Crack open a high noon. This is the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Strofe. Oh, yeah, or oh, no. It's more like it on a Monday. Packers follow the opener last night, 23-7. to Oh, to the Minnesota Vikings. To kick off the 2022 season, how you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a wonderful Monday so far. Alex Strofe with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. As always, Hunter Vaughn helping out running the show. 844-770-3776 is the phone number. We're not quitting on the reaction asking you, what's your big takeaway? What's your big takeaway? I'll get into three of mine here in a second. Uh, my, my big takeaway is as, as I was driving into work today, I saw Justin Jefferson crossing the Ironman finish line all by himself. The nearest Packer was eight miles away. That's what that's that's my big takeaway. Well, that was closer than what it was Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no so. kidding. No, how many times did you look on the TV, see Justin Jefferson catch a pass from Kirk Cousins, and he was the only person on the TV screen? I tweeted this on Sunday. I literally thought that the Packers forgot that Justin Jefferson was good at football. Like that's what it looked like. It's crazy. Like it was insane to me uh, how open Justin Jefferson was, and by all means, he's one of the best receivers in football. And by all means, he's gonna get his he's gonna get his touches, he's gonna make his plays. But embarrassing is a is a word of choice uh, to evaluate some of the defensive play against Justin Jefferson as he rolls in the first half, rolls overall, finishes with 184 yards and two touchdowns on nine catches. He was awesome for the Vikings. Packers defense, not all it was. Uh, touted up to be though hunter here in the opener as the packers defense it looked fine 23 points isn't that bad when three of them really aren't your fault so 20 points i guess we could say for the packers defense that they allowed um yeah i mean it wasn't the worst performance but it certainly was not the performance that maybe we have uh, cracked this packers defense up to be early uh but we'll get more into that as we roll on it is the high noon hour presented by high noon sun sips the best seltzers in the world the vodka sodas uh they've come in variety eight and 12 packs now and you have a chance to win twenty thousand dollars at participating locations in the madison area all you've got to do is scan a qr code and you'll find out instantly if you want $20,000, good chunk of change that you can win with high noon across the Madison area. But let's get into it, Hunter. Let's get into the first three things as we chat uh, some of the big takeaways from the Packers opener against the Minnesota Vikings. All right, so let's get into the first things first. And uh, it's a fascinating stat, right? You guys know me. I'm a stat nerd. I like diving into the numbers and figuring out why things work the way they do, right? We talked about it with Badgers quarterback Graham Mertz last week. stat I brought up last week still applies. But I want to talk about a stat now with Matt LaFleur, which is a big takeaway that we've learned during his tenure as the Packers quarterback. Or rather, the Packers head coach, not the Packers quarterback. When the Packers lose under Matt LaFleur, they lose big. They have now lost a total of 14 games under the tenure of Matt LaFleur as he starts his fourth year as the head coach at a combined 12.8 points per game. When they lose under Matt LaFleur, they lose by an average of 13 points a game. It's insane. It's crazy. Uh, Now, it has gotten better, but a 16-point loss yesterday 
a 35-point loss in the opener last year, a 28-point loss in the first loss of the 2020 season, a 29-point loss and a 17-point loss to San Francisco in the first year of Matt LaFleur. So when they lose under Matt LaFleur, they lose big. Certainly a big takeaway from week one. Let's move on to game plan, or first thing number two. That would be about the game plan, both offensively and defensively. What was the game plan? We just talked about it with Justin Jefferson. Don't really know what they were planning defensively, scheming defensively. A lot of zone coverage. Jair Alexander after the game was asked by Rob Domovsky of ESPN and, and Matt Schneidman of The Athletic about, you know, did he want to cover did he want to cover Justin Jefferson? Did he want to shadow him all game? What did he want to do? Here's what he said. Quote, all week I was asking for that matchup, but it ain't about me. It's about the team. It ain't about me. If it was my way, you know what I would be doing. Huh. So Jair Alexander's had a heck of a week. We hear last week he's not voted captain. From what we could tell, he's not thrilled about that. Yesterday we see Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, even Preston Smith covering Justin Jefferson. Before we see Jair Alexander matched up with him. It's just odd to me. And I know you can't play man-to-man coverage all game, but you could do the shadowing. You could do some mix and some man coverage. It was crazy. Justin Jefferson was wide open all game. So I'm not really sure what the game plan was defensively. Now on the offensive side of the ball, something we have learned in Matt LaFleur's tenure is that the things they do early on in the game usually sets up for things later on in the game, right? So if it's running heavy, you're trying to open up the pass game. Maybe you're passing on a third down and short, which throws off a defense, and maybe that allows you to run on third and short later in the game, right? We, we, it seems like Matt LaFleur likes to stack things and lead into a fourth quarter, a complete Packers offensive game. I didn't see that yesterday. Um, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, they had good involvement. They combined for 25 either targets or touches overall. Uh, Eight of them to Aaron Jones, 17 of them to A.J. Dillon. And you like the heavy involvement because A.J. Dillon looked like the one guy who really brought the juice yesterday for the Packers offense. I'd like to see more involvement of of them, right? You want to get your best players the ball. ball. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are your best players offensively, besides Aaron Rodgers, of course. You need to get them the ball more than you did yesterday. I liked the involvement. I would have liked to see more of it and more of it early, especially. Was that more of a product, though, of maybe the frustration that we saw from Aaron right away, first play, drop pass by Christian Watson, and then that just kind of almost scared the offensive coaches away from going after you know more receivers? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. Um, we just got we got to go full transparency. Yeah, uh, my <laughs> microphone just fell out, so I'm holding it right now. Cutter, can you just say a few words while I fix this, please? A few words. Yeah it it was just a weird feeling game the entire time, and just from the game plan, like you talked about, like. I just I had no idea what was happening, and we're gonna keep going with Sim- the- similarly to what the hell's going on in the Park Bank ESPN Madison. Just switch to a different right microphone. Now. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll stay here. I'll make okay. it work. Um, to your point, yes, could it could it be a moment of desperation? Right, like are they just trying to adjust, play from behind? It's, it almost felt like we were watching Badgers football yesterday a little bit, right? Like you didn't really know what was going on offensively. 
Well, I said last week, Friday, that this offense might look similar to a Wisconsin offense, but I meant when the Wisconsin offense is running properly, like when we're there, not when it was, we have no idea what's going on and we're just praying that they can get one first down. You're spot on. Uh, let's go to the, the last thing. Uh, the third thing, I guess we could call it, right? Because we do the first three things. This would be yeah. thing three. Uh, yep. Is this a Dr. Seuss segment? Thing one, thing two, thing three? Well, there's only uh, two things in Dr. Seuss. Right? I didn't. Yeah, there's only two. I didn't want it to be a Dr. Seuss thing. Well, I'm Dr. Strofe. Turn- Welcome to there the High Noon Hour, presented by High Noon Sunsips. Here we're live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. We're going over our first three things as we react to the Packers' season opening loss to the Minnesota Vikings yesterday afternoon. Again, the final 23 to 7. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. Get old with old National Bank. It's your way into the show. We're asking what's your big takeaway, right? If you had to take one thing away from this game, what are you taking away? I'm giving you three. My third and final and maybe most important is something the quarterback said after the game, Aaron Rodgers. And we talked about growing pains, right? We talked about it on Friday, Hunter. We said, yeah, this team week one is not going to be the same team we see week 18, obviously. There's going to be some bumps. It's going to be a bumpier ride that we've been used to the last couple of years because there's not that true number one offensively. Lazard, and we'll get to him next segment. When he gets added to the mix, it might change the complexity of this offense, and it will too much. But what we saw yesterday was the first shot of the game from Aaron Rodgers was a deep ball to Christian Watson. That's a 75-yard touchdown if it's caught. And he drops it. I remember a few wide receivers by the name of Devontae Adams, James Jones, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who struggled with drops early in their career as a Green Bay Packer. Seems like Christian Watson fell into that trap early. We don't really know what this offense is yet, and we're going to see some growing pains along the way. The quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, on that after the game. It's going to be growing pains. This is the real football. You know, it counts. It's different. There's nerves. I thought Christian ran a great route to start the game. You know, we talked about it during the week. Do you really want to start off with a bomb shot? I said, yeah, what the hell? Why not? You know, this kid can really fly. Let's give him a chance. I was teasing Patrick after the game that we got him. He said, yeah, I wasn't quite warmed up yet, but uh, we got to make those plays. Got to make those plays. That's Aaron Rodgers on Christian Watson and the growing pains we'll see with some of these younger wide receivers. And, yeah, they're going to be real. They're going to be real here in uh, here in 2022. You don't have Devontae Adams, who, by the way, was targeted 17 times yesterday and the Las Vegas Raiders lost to the Los Angeles Chargers. Targeted 17 times. That would have been nice uh, on the Packers' offense yesterday if they had somebody to target 17 times. Did you see there was some video cut up? I guess there was an underthrown ball to Devontae yeah, and it was intercepted. Yeah, I did see And that. they were, like, both missing each other. Yeah, they have to be, right? I mean, both of them take a loss in week one. And uh, Devontae and Derek Carr, obviously very tight. We talked about that throughout the offseason. The best friends from college played together at Fresno State. And we understand why Devontae wanted to go there. But he's not playing with the best quarterback in football anymore. And full transparency, Aaron Rodgers did not look like the best quarterback in football yesterday. Is that a lack of targets? Is that the lack of depth on the offensive line? Is that not playing in the preseason? Which is a storyline I'm sure we'll get into throughout the next hour here on the High Noon Hour. I don't know what it is, but Rodgers looked rough. He did not look MVP level Aaron Rodgers yesterday, which... Is frustrating. I mean, he deserves a, a hefty portion of this play, and this offense was stagnant again. Um, you know, early on, they had the opportunities, right? We mentioned the Christian Watson throw that was dropped. That would have been a touchdown. We haven't mentioned yet the fourth and one on the goal line that I don't know what that play call was. 
That was a missed opportunity. Rodgers talked about it after the game. Said, yeah, I probably should have just kept it and trotted into the end zone. Probably, Aaron. Hindsight's 2020. You know what happened in 2020? It got smashed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See what I did there? Nice. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. So those are our first three things. Asking your big takeaway from the Packers' season opening loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Hunter, would love to hear your big takeaway from the Packers' loss to the Minnesota Vikings. What's one thing maybe that stood out to you in the uh, season opener? The team looked unprepared yeah. for regular season football. Like, that was just the only way that I could sum this up. Is there legitimacy to the argument of starters playing in the preseason? I, I don't know that there is, but I, I, my opinion is just as good as the next guy's. I mean, what, what what's your thoughts on the lack of starters playing in the preseason? Does that need to change moving forward? Because the last two years, we, we just talked about it. When this team loses under Matt LaFleur, not only do they lose, they lose big. An average of 13 points per game is the separation at how much they lose. This year in the season opener, they lose by 16. Last year in the season opener, they lose by 35. In the in week one, the last two years, this offense has combined for a total of 10 points. It's brutal. That shouldn't be happening for the Green Bay Packers. Is there a legitimacy to that claim? I'm inching even further towards yes, that maybe they should be. I think I'd be further towards a no if we didn't see six hours of Aaron Rodgers on podcasts this offseason. And then he didn't show up for mini camp or all of the other things that he could have been around for to work with these guys and help get this offense ready to go. You know, it's a la- it's a lazy argument, but I actually think it's one worth having. Um, so let's throw it. In, let's throw a poll into the field. Do you believe starters should for the Packers should be playing in the preseason? We'll clean it up, but we'll throw it on Twitter at ESPN Madison at Alex underscore Strofe, and you are what at Hunter Vaughn. The Hunter V. The Hunter V. At The Hunter V. is where you can get us on the Twitter machine, the cesspool we know as Twitter. We'll throw a poll into the field about this conversation, and we'll dive deeper into the preseason conversation. That's all coming up. We also are going to hear from the Packers Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre. We will hear from the, more from the future Hall of Fame quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. We'll hear from the head coach, Matt LaFleur. It's all still to come as we break down the Packers season opening loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Right here, it's the high noon hour on ESPN Madison. More football reactions, more from the Gunslinger, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. I feel like we had a much better performance. We scored four more points than we did that day. There's a lot to build on when you compare the two. Look, it's tough to win in this league and definitely tough to win when you get in your own way too many times it's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers comparing this week one loss to last year's week one loss it's the high noon hour presented by high noon sunsips Alex Strofe with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios Hunter Vaughn with us as well running the show 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talk and text line asking you for your big takeaway from week number one as the Packers fall 23 to 7 to the rival Minnesota Vikings also asking you if you believe starters should be playing in the preseason after another blowout in week number one, as of right now, 60% of you say no, 40% of you say yes. We'll continue to give you the results of that poll, which you can find on Twitter at ESPN Madison, at Alex underscore Strofe, 
at the Hunter V. But I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers again, the same clip we just played, because we have to dive into that. Aaron Rodgers comparing this week one loss to last year's week one blowout. I feel like we had a much better performance. We scored four more points much than we better. did that day. Four points. So a lot to build on when you compare the two. Look, it's tough to win in this league. Yes. And definitely tough to win when you get in your own way. Totally. Too many times. Yeah, too many mental errors, as Aaron Rodgers called them a hundred times. We played much better. We scored a touchdown this year. Woo! We're on the right track, man. What are we talking about, Aaron? This is not the standard, man. Like, we have to understand, there is a different standard for a lot of the teams in the National Football League. The Green Bay Packers standard is not the Detroit Lions standard. It is not score seven points in the opener and call that a moral victory. The Lions scored, what was it, 35? Yeah, they scored a lot. Like, if the standard is the standard, like Aaron said, this offseason, then this should not be anywhere close to the standard or even be seen as remotely close to a win getting seven points. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's hilarious to me. Just play that very beginning part again, Hunter. I feel like we had a much better performance. We scored four more points than we did. We scored four more points than we did last year, says Aaron Rod- That's the bar? We scored four. We'd scored a field goal and an extra point more than we did a year ago. It's much better. Look, I I understand the case of not playing in the preseason. This year there was a better case to make than any other year, right? Because he had so much turnover offensively with the O-line, the tight end injury question marks, which Bobby Tunyon, your guy, Hunter, he looked good. It was I was happy to see him out there. He looked healthy. That was good to see. That was one big positive from this from this week one game. But overall, like the bar is not scoring seven points in the opener. It is coming out not looking flat. It is coming out and looking energized. It is coming out on the road and at least competing, which you really didn't do yesterday. You were never really in the game. I mean, you can never count on Aaron Rodgers, right? We've done it many, many times where where the Packers are playing from behind. Aaron Rodgers turns it up in the second half, and you come back and win the game. And I thought for a brief moment in that third quarter that could be the case. And then Justin Jefferson struck again, right? So it, it, it was not a very encouraging game for the Green Bay Packers, but I'm not going to sit here and say the season's over. I just don't believe we can keep treating week one of the regular season like week four of the preseason, which the Packers have done not only this year, but they did last year. And both years were the same story. Even though Aaron Rodgers wants to say they played much better this year, they scored a whopping four more points, you got blown out both times. It's a bl- you, you got trounced. You lost by 16 points. It's, it's barely a two-possession game. You got your butts kicked. You lost by more than you do on average under Matt LaFleur. You, you, when you lose under Matt LaFleur, it's an average loss of 12.8 points per game, about 13 points. You lost by 16. You got your butts whooped. And, and to sit here and tell me that you played much better than a year ago, I can't buy that just because you scored four more points. Mental errors, the growing pains, I get all of that. And that is real, right? It is a long NFL season. And they will be better. I think they'll be better this week. But to sit here and tell me you played much better than a year ago, I cannot subscribe to that. Now, are we underselling how much better maybe the Vikings were than we expected? Because No, no because I think we expected the, the Vikings to be good. Um, but I don't think really good. <sighs> yeah, uh, they did. 
but okay, okay, so let's run through it. What do you mean by when you say they looked good? Their offense looked good? Their defense looked good? Their whole team looked good? What, what do you mean by I when think you say that? the whole team. Okay. And the fact that I almost wonder if – I'm just wondering, was it maybe more the Vikings did a great job of getting Justin Jefferson in spots where Jair Alexander, where he was able to do what he does best, and that's get the ball in open space. Yeah. I mean, they, they look good, and Justin Jefferson was terrific. I mean, he's he's making a legitimate case to be one of the best receivers in football this year. Um, but offensively, you know, their offensive line was the weak part of, of Minnesota's offense. So going into that game, I was thinking, yeah, that front seven for Green Bay, which we have crowned all season, offseason long, saying, yeah, they're one of the best defenses in the league. Mina Kimes, we played the audio on Friday. Says they're going to be the number two defense in the league. Brett Favre, we heard from him on Friday, said, yeah, they should be the best defense in football. And I'm sure there's about 100 more people I could quote by saying, yeah, they're going to be a top five defense. They didn't look that way. They looked good. They didn't look great. And to go back to my point, Minnesota's offensive line is the weak point of their offense. So you thought maybe that front seven would be able to get some pressure on Kirk Cousins. How many times was Kirk Cousins sacked yesterday, Hunter? You know the answer to that question? I can tell you the answer. Do you know the answer? I know he. they got to him for sure once, but I can't remember. Was it more than once? No, it wasn't. It was once. Rashawn Gary sacked him early in the game, and that was it. That was the only sack Kirk Cousins took all game long, which Kirk Cousins looked a lot better than he probably should have looked against what should be a top-five defense. A lot of shoulds in that sentence, Hunter. A lot of shoulds. Not, not dids. A lot of shoulds. Uh, but yeah, they look good. They look good. Seth and Reedsburg on the text line, 844-770-3776. Is Alex trolling us by pretending not to hear Aaron's sarcasm in that clip? Let's play the clip again. I didn't hear sarcasm. Let's play it again. I feel like we had a much better performance. We scored four more points than we did that day. There's a lot to build on when you compare the two. Look, it's tough to win in this league and definitely tough to win when you get in your own way too many times. I don't know what part of that is sarcasm. We've heard him talk for like six hours straight with those podcasts, and I don't mean to keep bringing them up. Yeah, you like, you're an avid fan of uh, Aubrey Marcus. Oh, I know you love listening to your ayahuasca podcast. Yes, I know. so much. Which one are you listening to later? Oh, I don't know. I might go some peyote. Okay, there we one. go. Nice. Yeah. Very good. But like you, we've heard him talk enough to know when there's sarcasm. I, I don't hear it there. I don't either. And I'm not trying to stir the pot. Like I don't want to be with this. This sounds like he honestly thinks that they were better this year at this time than they were last year. And I don't think they were, right? Like, four points more is nothing to, to crown, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers is treating it that way. But anyway, uh, that was that was rough. Hey, I want to take a quick run through some of the offensive pieces, Hunter, for the Packers and just talk about you know what we need to look for moving forward. There's there's four guys that come to mind. Really, three is how I'm going to present it because I want to group the the running backs, AJ and AJ together, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Uh, because I said it earlier in the in the first half of the show, but I want to reiterate a point I made, and that would be getting them more touches. Right? They combined for 25 targets or touches overall between the two of them. That number's got to be a little bit higher, I think, uh, because you know it's an old adage. We hear it in high school football. We hear it in college football. You hear it in the NFL. You want your best 11 on the field. Those two guys are two of your best 11 offensively, always. And they were both on the field together quite a bit yesterday, which was good to see. But we need to get them the ball more. A.J. Dillon looked terrific. Aaron Jones looked terrific. You were averaging six yards a carry yesterday. They weren't pounding the rock like I think maybe they should have been, right? Aaron Rodgers took some shots, and we wanted Aaron Rodgers to take some shots. But I, I, I don't know why 
A.J. Dillon didn't get more than 10 carries. Aaron Jones only got five carries, and one of them was that big 29-yard run he had in the second half of yesterday's game. So I would like to see them a bit more involved, but I, but I thought this was a good look into what will come for the Green Bay Packers offense, right? Like, we will see more A.J. Dillon and more Aaron Jones involvement as the season rolls on. I'm confident yesterday was a good place to start. Let's see what they can stack onto that week one performance for those two guys into week two when they host Chicago on Sunday night. So we'll see, but I would like to see their involvement a a little bit higher. Um, Let's go to a negative. Amari Rodgers. Um, I said it a little tongue-in-cheek, but I was like, yeah, we'll take a shot here. We did on Friday. Uh, edition of, of the High Noon Hour here on ESPN Madison. Alex Strofe, Hunter Vaughn with you. I said on Friday, Amari Rodgers is my guy offensively. I think this will be the year he has his resurgence. This is the year he finds his footing, not only on special teams, but in the offense. And Sunday seems like a really good opportunity for Amari Rodgers to show, hey, I still can play wide receiver at the NFL level. Um, unless I missed it, I didn't see Amari Rodgers on offense. And I may have missed it, but I didn't see him. And that spells really bad news for my guy, Amari Rodgers. Like, I saw him on punt returns. I saw him on kick returns. I don't know that I saw him on offense. Like I said, I may have missed him, but I did not see him. Um, And that tells me the Packers don't have any faith in this guy as a wide receiver anymore. Because I saw Jawan Winfrey. I saw quite a bit of Jawan Winfrey, in fact, who was elevated from the practice squad this weekend. I saw Sammy Watkins. I saw Christian Watson. I saw Romeo Dobbs, both rookies. Guys that are in their first year in the system. Amari Rodgers is not. So whatever Amari Rodgers is doing is not good in practice, is, is what yesterday told me. The lack of, of sighting, the lack of Amari Rodgers sightings we had uh, on offense yesterday. A little concerning to me. Uh, last receiver I want to get to is a guy that didn't play yesterday, Hunter, and that would be Alan Lazard. And, and I, I'm interested. I don't have the answer, but I'm interested in, in how this offense's complexity changes when he returns, because you're missing a, a true number one receiver, and I'm not calling Alan Lazard a true number one receiver, but he will play that role for the Green Bay Packers this year. How does this offense change with Alan Lazard on the field? Do we see less Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson? Do we see you know more A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones out wide? I want to know how Matt LaFleur's offense, is, offense changes with the addition of Alan Lazard, which may be this week and may not be. But when that guy returns, you expect this offense to just be a little bit more in sync, right? Like just a little bit more. And, and especially when David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins return on the O-line, you expect this offense to take a major step forward. But Alan Lazard, how much does he move the needle? Because even if they win yesterday, I'm not feeling real confident that Alan Lazard totally changes the complexity of this offense. I don't, I don't think that moves the needle as much as the Packers offense may need it to. Because... Wide receiver-wise, I, I, I can't name an MVP from that room. Like, if Christian Watson catches that ball, it's him. But uh, Romeo Dobbs, was he your MVP uh, of the wide receiver group yesterday? Nobody had a very strong performance that's listed as a wide receiver in the depth chart. Nobody. So how does Alan Lazard change this? I don't know if it's much. I don't know if he really moves the needle a ton. Because you couldn't get it. And... Minnesota does not have very good cornerbacks. The Packers were the team in that game with better defensive backs, and one in particular, Darnell Savage, looked completely lost. If I was the team doctor, and you may have caught this, you may not have, but it was on one of the big Justin Jefferson plays. Darnell Savage, it was zone coverage, was kind of in coverage, 
And then he did a complete 360 spin. He ran in a complete full circle. Like, if I'm the team doctor, I'm pulling Darnell Savage out to evaluate him for a concussion, even though he had not had any contact at that point. Because why are you running in a circle when Justin Jefferson is running past you with the football? That was insane to me. I'd never seen anybody look so confused on a football field than Darnell Savage did on that one play yesterday. It was insane. But Alan Lazard, Hunter, before we get to break, does he move the needle at all for this Packers offense? As the offense stands right now, I think at best on Sunday, he would have maybe gotten them two more first downs. Like I think that's all it is because he has enough of a connection to at least maybe get a back shoulder fade from Aaron on like a third and five, third and six, move the chains, but then they're going to punt in three plays anyways. Packers' summary of drives from yesterday's game. Punt, punt, downs, punt, interception, end of half, fumble to start the second half which set up that Vikings field goal that I do not put on the defense because that defensive drive on that field goal that made it 20-0 to zero, uh, was four plays, negative five yards. The defense did as much as they could. So I do not apply that field goal to the defense's fault. Uh, the Packers followed that up with their only touchdown of the game, and then they went punt, downs, end of game. Brutal, brutal, brutal offensive Sounds like the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, no kidding, right? Like that's a very – or the Wisconsin Badgers, as I said earlier. Like this was an offense that was totally stagnant and could make nothing happen yesterday uh very very frustrating a little bit embarrassing and a little bit expected i'll be honest i I don't think a ton of us expected the packers to win this game they looked as unenergized as they look it was brutal this is the high noon hour i'm alex strofe we're live from the park bank espn madison studios the old national bank talking text line is 844-770-3776 your way into the show reminder our guys rutledge and hamilton will follow us one o'clock an early start for them they're going three hours to continue the packers reaction as the packers fall 23 to 7 the final in the opener we'll hear more from aaron Rodgers as well as brett Favre, who was on espn milwaukee this morning We'll hear from both those guys and continue to react. It's next. It's the High Noon Hour. You're listening to the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 844-770-3776. I've been you put your arm around them, that just lifts them up even more and tell them what you're looking for you know i expect you here on this play i expect you to do this on this play you know when when given an opportunity you got to make a catch be be positive and and supportive but also engage with them as far as what you're thinking those guys don't know what you're thinking the Hall of Famer Brett Favre on ESPN Milwaukee's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Earlier today, you can hear him each and every Monday morning at 7.15 a.m. on ESPN Milwaukee's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. You can also hear him 8.30 a.m. here on 100.5 ESPN Madison every day after a game. You can also hear from him at 6 o'clock, or rather 7 o'clock on Monday nights following the Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. So plenty of opportunities to hear from the gunslinger. We'll hear more from him here just in a second as this is the high noon hour. Got to tell you about our friends over at 
high noon. Sunny with a chance to win $20,000. Not sunny outside today, but if you won twenty k, I, I sure hope it would uh, it would change up for you. High noon seltzers made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water. 13 flavors now, and now available in tailgate and variety, both 8 and 12 packs. This fall for a limited time at participating locations around the Madison area. Scan a QR code at point of purchase for your chance to win $20,000 instantly. And I'm not saying that incorrectly. A chance to win $20,000 instantly, courtesy of High Noon. You must be 21 years or older to enter. No purchase is necessary to win $20,000 from our friends at High Noon. So that was Brett Favre earlier today on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy talking about how he'd approach this week in practice with some of those wide receivers. Throw your arm around and be a leader, and I, I imagine that is exactly what Aaron Rodgers will do. Uh, Brett Favre talked about uh, Justin Jefferson as well, which I think is uh, something really interesting we got to get into. Um, so he talked about, you know, the game plan for Justin Jefferson, and uh, he later joked, yeah, it didn't really work, whatever game plan they had for him. Here's Brett Favre on maybe how you should game plan for a guy like Justin Jefferson. Now, it's easier said than done when you, when you face a great player, but you got to do all you can possibly do to take that player. Never underestimate um, a, a, a player of Justin Jefferson's caliber. I mean, they'll beat you when you if you dis, disregard how good they are. Absolutely true, right there. And and you know your game plan for and you remember this. It's it's kind of been a common theme with the Minnesota Vikings, right? They've always had a game breaker: Adrian Peterson, Dalvin Cook, who I would still say is on the cusp of being a game-breaker, obviously on the latter part of his career, but still a very, very good running back in the National Football League. And then, of course, a guy like Justin Jefferson, who seems like he'll be the new Packers killer in Minnesota. They seem to always have one, and it seems like J.J.'s that guy now as he just crushes the Packers, not only in the first half, but in the entire game, wide open, multiple times for deep shots down the field. And you just can't allow that, especially... When this defense is, is commanding and demanding as much respect as they did this offseason, you can't let stuff like that happen this early on in the season. And a good word to use for not only this Packers defense yesterday, but the entire team would be flat. I would call this team flat. Brett Favre agrees. To me, more than anything, they seem flat or flatter. And that's the thing that, to me, just really was was very obvious. Now, I look at things probably differently than most people, but I'm sure most people probably could see that one team seemed to want it more or was hungrier or more excited, whatever you want to call it, than the other. And that's what probably is most concerning to me. Hungrier and more excited. I think that's a fair way to describe the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. I think that's a completely fair way to look at the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. More excited. Uh, You know, it it really bothered me, Hunter, Uh, just before the first half ended. I mean, we're talking at the very end of the first half. Fox, who had the game broadcast yesterday, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on the call, were panning to all different camera shots of the Packers' sideline and talking about how disinterested they looked and how the body language, how negative it was. And it was not even halftime yet. And that was a real problem. right? There was two problems about the national broadcast that, that, that I noticed. That was one of them, right? That they are pointing out the negative body language. That's never okay, especially week one of the season. Shouldn't you, even if you're losing, you should be amped up to be there, right? Football's back. It's a fresh season. It's a fresh start. You should be amped up. The other thing that was pointed out in the national broadcast, and me, I've always said this, I'm not good at evaluating offensive line, especially the first time I watch a game. 
I can't evaluate offensive line for crap. Uh, I'm not Mark Tasher. I didn't play offensive line right. Like that's not something my eyes just naturally go to as a fan. But what I did notice from the offensive line was Jake Hansen because they said his name about eight times because he was getting crushed by the Vikings defensive line and Zadarius Smith coming off the edge. Jake Hansen was atrocious on the right side of the line yesterday. And if I'm noticing that, that means it's extra bad because I shouldn't be noticing stuff like that. The rule is, right, referees and guys that play in the trenches, if you know their names, and, and special teams as well we can throw in there, if you know their names, they're doing something wrong. And that was the case yesterday with Jake Hansen on the Packers offensive line. So those were the two problems I noticed from the national broadcast. Uh, let's hear one more for, from Brett Favre, Hunter, uh, just talking about no reason to freak out, right? The season is young. It's only week one. Let's let's R-E-L-A-X, as Aaron Rodgers famously said. Uh, let's relax. It's only week one. Still out of ball game left. Before I would panic, I would you know, keep in mind that this has happened before. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'd do a whole lot different. You know, I, I would do what, what really has gotten you to this point and what you've been so good at doing over the years. Yeah, you just got to get to a better point. And he says this happened before. Yeah, it happened last year, in fact. And they still went on to win 13 games, be the number one seed in the NFC, and then bow out of the playoffs after an embarrassing game against San Francisco. Maybe that's the ride we're on again this year in 2022. We'll find out. But I think the difference from last year and not freaking out is that roster you could go through and say, starting Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be better than almost every quarterback that the Packers would see. Sure. Devontae Adams. He's going to be the best wide receiver out on that field outside of maybe the Minnesota game. Like, There's only a couple of teams, again, that you could say, okay, they've maybe got an argument for another better receiver. You don't have that this year outside of Aaron and the running backs, but then there's nobody else that says, okay, I'm going to trust them, and we know we can lean on these, this guy or these couple of guys to get us down the field to pick up those third and 15s. You just you don't have that now, so it just this feels different than last year did. I'm going to give you two options, and we'll talk about it as we wrap up the high noon hour next. Which positional group are you more worried about, wide receiver or offensive line? Would love to hear your responses. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six is the old National Bank talk and text line. Get old with old National Bank. Which positional group worries you more long term in this 2022 campaign? O-line or wide receiver? I'll give you my answer next. It's the high noon hour right here on ESPN Madison. More football reactions, more from the gunslinger, more high noon. The high noon hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Uh, Obviously, wasn't very good. Um, That starts with me. You definitely have to have a better plan for our team and get our guys better prepared. Uh, certainly give the Minnesota Vikings a ton of credit. They came ready to play. Uh, they had, uh, obviously had a great plan. And, you know, we knew going into this game that stop dogs really offensively and defensively were, were going to be a, an important part of it. And certainly we Coach Matt LaFleur after the Packers season opener loss to the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. Woof. 23-7 the final. It's the high noon hour. I'm Alex Strofe. Hunter Vaughn with us as well. As we wrap up a little reaction to the Packers loss yesterday. 
We are, we're asking you on Twitter, at ESPN Madison, uh, the following question. Do you believe the Packers starters should play in the preseason after another blowout in week one? Hunter, 65% say yes. They want 65% to see starters. are smart. Yeah, they want to see starters in the play, preseason. I don't know where I'm at on that, right? Like, I understand the case, but Jordy Nelson still scares me. And that goes back a couple of years when he tore his ACL at Pittsburgh in a preseason game. It was never the same after that. So, like, that scares me because I don't want Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, especially over Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, right? I don't want any of those guys getting hurt. And I understand the, you know, being conservative and not wanting them hurt for week one, but this year more than others, there was a real case to be made about chemistry and rapport offensively especially uh, with some of these new targets and younger targets, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Sammy Watkins, all new to Green Bay this year. And none of them really stood out in week number one. So, yeah, I understand the case. 65% of you right now say yes, play them in the preseason. So, yeah, 23 hours to vote on that poll. So, go do that at ESPN Madison on. Uh, I asked before the break which positional group concerns you more for the remainder of the 2022 season? Is it the wide receivers or is it the offensive line? I will say this. I'm concerned about both. I really am. Like I said earlier, I don't know that that Alan Lazard, when he returns, if it's this week, if it's down the road more, um, I, I don't know that he moves the needle a ton. I think, I think he's a good addition, obviously, right, to what you had yesterday already. But I don't think he changes your game plan. He's not Devontae. He's not like your security. It's not like Alan Lazard is a security blanket. He's a good receiver. I'd be a lot more comfortable that he was your number three option than having him as your number one. And what we saw yesterday, I, I, like, I was trying to give an MVP. Let's just say hypothetically, Hunter. We're trying to give an MVP award from yesterday's game to a Green Bay Packer wide receiver. Who do you give it to? You can't. At best, Dobbs. And he had four catches for 37 yards. Like, okay. And one of them, and most of those yards were on one play, the 23-yard catch late. So, I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of confidence in any of these receivers after week one. I'm sure my tune will change. I'm positive of it, in fact, because this is still a playoff team. I'm more concerned about the offensive line. Um, and here's why. Number one, I know the guys that are on the offensive line. I heard their names on the national broadcast. Not good. But they're, they're, they held out. Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, which I thought was interesting. David Bakhtiari, a guy who obviously said, you know, he wants to play week one, and then he's not playing week one. And then we had uh, late last night from Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, um, but essentially it sounds like he might not play next week either, David Bakhtiari, which tells me one of two things, and I think it's more of the latter. The first thing it tells me is either, either A, they're being conservative with David Bakhtiari, or B, there's been another setback. And I'm leaning towards B, because this is a guy that wanted to play in week one, talked about how he wanted to play in week one, and now Ryan Wood already reporting, yeah, it's likely he could be out against uh, against Chicago on Sunday Night Football again. So, yeah, not ideal with David Bakhtiari. Same with Elton Jenkins. We'll see where – and I understand that was the field he tore his ACL on. Uh, grass apparently is better on your legs, your bottom half, than turf is. So I get holding them out and being conservative. It's only one week. We want Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari back at 100%. And if we're being conservative, sure, I get it then. 
But Bakhtiari's situation still confusing. It's been 21 months. I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, like I'm not feeling very confident in his in his ability to return 100. Uh, percent It's been way too long. Now the reports are saying he might not even play. It's only Monday. He might not play on Sunday. I'm a little bit concerned, Hunter, on on David Bakhtiari, and I am concerned long term on the O line because Aaron Rodgers was sacked four times yesterday. Uh, Zadarius Smith, the revenge game, he looked really solid, uh, but overall, not not really pumped about where we're at offensive line wise. You know, going back to Bakhtiari, I have a weird feeling, and this is just me looking at the schedule with them having the Bears next, then at the Bucks. And then they're at home against the Patriots, home against the Giants, home against the Jets. I feel like that Jets game is when Bakhtiari comes back. I think they're going to wait that long for him. And I have no, like, that's just my gut on it. I have no information saying that that's what it's going to be. But I just have a weird feeling that's where they're going to wait. Because they'll want him ready to go then playing the Commanders. They're going to want him ready to go when they play the Bills on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a, it's a really good point. He's Hunter Vaughn and Alex Strofe. This is the high noon hour on ESPN. Madison, our pals Rutledge and Hamilton are coming up next. One final thought on the Green Bay Packers season opening loss is exactly what I said on Friday. This is not the same team you will see in Week 18. It's going to be a weird season. I don't know that they win 13 games this year like they have the last couple of years. I think this will be more of a chippy roller coaster ride five six loss team that still wins the nfc north we'll see how good minnesota actually is they look good but it's week one and how much stock can you put into week one if last year taught us anything the answer is not much this has been the high noon hour i'm alex Strupp. thanks so much for hanging out with me today we'll do this each and every monday as we react to packers football from the weekend prior our pals jim rutledge matt hamilton molly brown coming up next one to four o'clock right here on 100.5 espn